Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. After that, only liquids like tea, juice, or broth may be consumed. During the refeeding phase, the body has to slowly get used to a normal diet again through the consumption of light foods. We know from numerous studies that fasting or different types of fasting can change the microbiome. However, we also know that in general, the microbiome can only be altered very slowly. It takes time. What does that mean? It means that to alter it, fasting programs usually have to last a very long time. To really change the microbiome over the long term, you have to make permanent dietary changes. In addition to fasting, what are called probiotics are also said to have a positive effect on the intestinal flora. These specific microorganisms are found naturally in yogurt, kefir, or fermented foods like raw sauerkraut or kimchi. In addition to probiotics in food, what are called prebiotics also have a beneficial effect on the gut, like the dietary fiber found in artichokes, garlic, blueberries, onions, oats, Belgian endives, and bananas. It serves as a food source for the healthy bacteria in the gut. The gut microbiome is constantly exposed to stressors like antibiotics, especially now in the cold season. Alcohol or high-fat diets can lead to the microbiome growing very stressed. However, if you strengthen your microbiome when you're healthy by taking prebiotics, this leads to a very stable microflora that can then cope better with these stressors. The conclusion? The best thing for the gut is a balanced diet with plenty of fiber, at least 30 grams per day. Exercise can also have a positive effect on your gut. Our fitness trainer Tim shows you what's especially effective. Today we're doing a great exercise that will help your digestion. This exercise mobilizes your whole thoracic spine because this is the area where the nerves exit the spinal cord which controls digestion. Put your feet slightly more than hip wide apart. Keep an upright posture. Now stretch your arms totally to the side as far as you can and take your arms as an orientation. Now start shifting or gliding your upper body totally to one direction as far as you can and then of course completely to the other side. Make sure that you glide or shift your upper body, don't bend it, okay? And really take your arms as an orientation for your whole upper body. Please keep the pelvis, your knees and your feet super stable. They don't move at all. Just the upper body is moving to the side.
let's do 12 to 15 repetitions each side. Or if I can do more, of course I can do more. And enjoy the feeling. And this is a really great exercise because it mobilizes your whole upper body, which improves your digestion. By the way, we're now also on TikTok. Ooh, that's catchy. Hey, Hammer, Endel. There, we answer your questions in clips that are fun, accurate, and to the point, but also based on the latest research. Want to discover even more from the world of science? Then follow us at DW Science. That's it for this week. See you again next time on In Good Shape. Bye for now. important it's the only way you get to know the things that happen around you what affects you today and the future at joy news we have reporters scattered around the country who tell us about the communities they live in the people and their stories the key part of our job here at joy news is to make clearer the muffled voices in every part of society we shine light on the issues. My name is Aisha Ibrahim, and this is Joy News. Independent, credible, and fearless. My name is Albert Sorry. In the upper East. Dialogue aims to explore radical solutions to a national crisis. Together with our partners, WaterAid and the Ghana National Chamber of Mines, I welcome you warmly to this groundbreaking thought leadership event, which has been conceived in response to the distressing ecological degradation caused by illegal mining, what we've come to know as Galamse. And this national dialogue is made possible because of great and fruitful partnerships. Let's give a huge round of applause to WaterAid and to Ghana National Chamber of Mines for partnering a worthy cause. Please, let's do it better for them. And at this point, let's welcome, whilst we are doing that, for the country director, WaterAid, Irabna Iani Akafo. Please do it better for her. Thank you.
evening. Um, ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, esteemed partners, and fellow advocates for a sustainable future. I stand before you this evening as Water Aid Country Director, but also as a citizen who is very much deeply concerned about the future of our water resources and forests. Today we gather here to witness the unveiling of Poison for Gold, a documentary that exposes the harrowing consequences of illegal mining on our cherished land and water resources. These activities have ravaged our forests and polluted our water, the very lifeblood of our nation. And we owe our gratitude to Erastus Asaridonko and his team for their daring journalism shining a light on this dark issue. Their work is not just a documentary, it is a wake-up call once again, urging each and every one of us to stand up against the destruction of our natural heritage. The crisis we face today demands more than words. It calls for immediate decisive action and a sustainable policy reforms that will make lasting impact. Our past efforts in combating illegal mining through well-intentioned have been fleeting. We need a steadfast commitment to not, just clear, to not just clear our waters temporarily, but to sustain this clarity for generations to come. While we combat illegal mining as a collective responsibility, the power to end this crisis rests largely with the government and our political leaders. As CSOs and as development partners, we play our part, but it takes solid political will to eradicate this issue permanently and secure the future of generations unborn. Ladies and gentlemen, discussing illegal mining is often a taboo, especially for development partners and for CSOs, due to its political nature. Organizations risk being labeled partisan for addressing the laxity in handling illegal mining. However, if speaking up means being tagged to effect change, we shouldn't hesitate. Future generations are counting on us and history will judge our inaction. In line with our advocacy priorities, WaterAid Ghana has launched the Climate Change Water and Me campaign as climate change exacerbates the water crisis, our duty is to respond with resilience. The extreme weather conditions characterized by high temperature and flooding significantly influence water availability. This situation is further exacerbated by illegal mining activities, which not only intensify these issues, but also contribute to an accelerated rate of environmental destruction. The combined impact of these factors is proving to even be more detrimental than the effect of climate change alone. Illegal mining should concern everyone regardless of where you live because the effect extends far and wide. For example, water poisoning means Ghana Water Company incurs higher treatment costs leading to increased tariffs for all of us. Similarly, the food that we eat the fish that we buy, some of these are coming from areas where mining, illegal mining is affecting. I can offer countless reasons why you and I should actively oppose to illegal mining in Ghana. 
what is happening in Galamse affected areas is an extreme act of violence against our water resources. It is a hydrocide. This is genocide against generations and silence only ends, only aids our oppressors, illegal miners and their facilitators. It is time for us to take a joint action and not just words. In closing, today's event is more than a screening. It is a call to actively shape our, nation, our nation's future and water resources. Let's watch, listen, and above all, let's act. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll now welcome remarks from the Ghana Chamber of Mines. We have the Chief Executive of the Chamber, Dr. Suleimana Kone, for his remarks as well. Please give him a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good afternoon to all of us. Distinguished guests, and I, I can see some distinguished personalities of the land here, former ministers of state recognized. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you compliments from the Ghana Chamber of Mines. The Ghana Chamber of Mines is excited to be a part of this event, which is to highlight the menace of illegal mining and to generate actionable solutions for implementation by duty bearers to protect and rehabilitate affected areas. A key objective of the Chamber is to provide thought leadership for the solution of mining-related issues in our dear country. Over the years, the Chamber of Mines has been actively involved in the quest to protect our natural resources, especially minerals, from illegal exploitation as it leads to the wanton degradation of the environment. However, we concede at this moment that the fight against this canker needs the active support of all Ghanaians since its negative impact affects the whole country and future generations. Ladies and gentlemen, to eradicate illegal mining in Ghana, the Ghana Chamber of Mines has taken some initiatives to minimize or eradicate the illicit activity completely. As a research-based advocacy group, we commissioned research sometime in 2010 into the mainstream of artisanal and small-scale mining into the sector to give us a better understanding of the inherent issues. This study made some far-reaching recommendations which were shared with governments for consideration. A key recommendation which I'm quite passionate about and which I believe is still relevant today has to do with the need for us to do some basic geological investigation before parceling out land for mining, whether it's large-scale mining or small-scale mining. In fact, in the case of large-scale mining, which we actually represent as an industry, it is a prerequisite to have exploration done through feasibility, a bankable feasibility, before you approach Minerals Commission and then our sector minister for release. I think it's important that we get to know to some level of, a, of level of certainty regarding what is under the belly of the earth before we parcel out. Otherwise, this wanton destruction of our environment will continue. If the grantees of mineral rights for any form of mining have no clue as to what is within the concession, what do you expect? When he digs, he mines, he processes, and he gets nothing. Do you expect this company or this individual to go to the bank and borrow money to rehabilitate? Certainly no. Therefore, us, therefore for us, it's about mimicking what we have for Laskal Mining. The whole idea of FDI, like I've always said, is to really appreciate and understand how we can learn from it 
and adapt that for our own good. Ladies and gentlemen, issues of environment and sustainability are of keen interest to the chamber. We have taken steps to ensure that our members implement best practices in their operations. Environmental protection and social development are key factors in the responsible operations of our member companies, which are mainly the last school mining firms in Ghana, as I have already intimated. To underscore the importance of this, we have since 2021 introduced the best green mining company category at the Ghana Mining Industry Awards, in addition to the overarching environmental performance category. It's our view that my, as the mining industry grows in this country, there is the need to adopt strategies and programs that seek to protect and sustain our environments whilst meeting the needs of stakeholders today and into the future. Ladies and gentlemen, our environment is under siege. No two ways about it. And I, based upon my years of experience, given what I know and what I see, and the experiences we've gathered over the years, next year is an election year. Next year is what? An election year. And it keeps some of us awake. Because we all know around that time, duty bearers look the other way. And if, if before then, this is what we have, you can imagine what we'll have when we go into an election year. So we need to mobilize all the resources we have. And for me, this conversation is timely. My expectation is that it will not be like one of those. And I like the fact that our target and our objective is actionable solutions. Actionable solutions so that we can persuade duty bearers to help us find solutions to this canker. Let me assure everyone here that the Chamber will continue to advocate for sustainable mining practices, as well as support all national efforts to protect our rivers and farmlands, whilst at the same time creating jobs and other related value for the country. We believe that small-scale mining can and should be done legally with the right support and backed by proper exploration to delineate viable areas for mining. For us, that is the critical point. Our brothers and sisters who do small-scale mining need all the support. It is backed by law. Even as we are looking at how to eradicate illegal mining, I think it's also important that we look at that sector and see the kind of support systems you can put in place. Because for us, illegal mining, yes, it is a menace, but it also provides an opportunity as a country to migrate them into the formal sector. So even as we are trying to find solutions for illegal mining, let's see how best we can mainstream proper small-scale mining, as happens in other jurisdictions, so that once they are mainstream, we know we are getting the very best for ourselves as a country and for our brothers and sisters who are involved in small-scale mining. I thank you very much for your attention. Thank you very much, Dr. Suleiman Akone, CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Mines. And also to you, WaterAid, we are really grateful and we look forward to stronger and long-lasting partnerships as well. So he's been painting the picture, at least in his hometown to us. I'm sure you can back it. No, in his, your hometown. What was the situation, you say? Uh, well, uh, in Manso Asamai, I think it's a predominantly uh, Galamse area. Hmm. They have been operating this from their ancestors. And when you come to the area, you find the small-scale mining mm. as their trade and craft because it has been handed over from generations to generations. And the people are so much involved and they have no interest in farming okay. activities because they get less when they want to when do farm. farming. Mm. And by the absence of this 
illegal mining, the whole area has been okay. destroyed and it's not sustainable for other agricultural practices. Well, this is an area that my colleague Irasa Sasaridongo has mentioned a number of times. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a good time to introduce the PAV and Journalist of the Year, Irastos Asaridongo. You have to join me at this point before we do the screening. Please, Irastos, come. You're welcome, Erastus. Uh, we've heard a lot about Manso, and you've heard Prof also talk about it. But we'll be getting into the panel discussion. Let me not get ahead of myself. Mm -hmm. But this introduction for the screening, you would have to do it. Um, we would want to talk about your experiences. Many would want to hear, we've talked about it severally, but we would want to hear exactly what you and your team went through, which, which period you had to go through to do this particular work. We know destruction for gold, now poison for gold. Let's talk a bit about what the team went through to put this together. Well, thank you very much and good evening to you all. Uh, Prof has said a lot. In fact, he initiated me into this whole Galamsey fight. <laughs> Uh, starting with um, following interministerial committee around, and before then, I was also following other uh, under uh, former President Mahama's task force. I've been following them around as well. We've gone through a lot to produce destruction for gold, and it took us six months to do that. And then for uh, poison for gold, it took us about the same. Mm. six months to do that and we had to go through uh, deep into uh, forest areas where there is no network if something should happen to you maybe you can send a bed or something to notify somebody mm -hmm. and my team and I met a number of people armed to the teeth destroying uh, forest land, water, what have you. At a point in time, I remember at Datano, close to Samreboy, they had designed the entrance to the, where they were mining within the forest, and uh, they had redirected the tunnel river, and they were polluting it. In fact, their washing bay was at the edge of it, and they were washing directly into the uh, river. But they had designed the entrance with bullet shells, mm. and there was somebody at the gate. He was armed to the teeth. In fact, I thought he was going for war. He had pistols all over, bullets strung around his neck. He was holding an AK. And he met us. He said, you don't do journalism here. So turn around and leave. And we had to leave. Just like that. He just mentioned it and turned around to leave. <laughs> so we also went to a higher ground, flew the drone, captured what we had to capture. At the point they were shooting at the drone, we had to call it back and move. We faced some of these things many times, but we felt it as a duty to bring to the attention of Ghanaians, to duty bearers, what is happening in the hinterlands. Before then, we were hearing it, that Galamse is destroying our forest, is destroying our water bodies, but we were not seeing the evidence. So we wanted to really documented and that's exactly what we've done but i must say mm -hmm. that as we speak currently as we sit here you go to uh Kokosia forest reserve it's close to sefi debiso the forest is under siege as we speak in fact i had live pictures from there yesterday 
even the forestry officials cannot fight them. They are fully armed. And it's been done by somebody who is very powerful. I won't mention his name, but he knows himself. The place is called Sairano. There is another place within a forest reserve. They are mining as we speak. It's a forest reserve. They call the place in Mrewa close to Sefi uh, Bekwai. When you go to Watresu in Amansia, the Pamprama Forest Reserve, that side of it is still being pillaged as we speak. So sometimes when I hear the narrative that we have cordoned off all forest reserves and we are protecting it, it's a joke. It's a serious joke. I don't know why we do that to ourselves. At least, let's speak the truth. The beginning of wisdom is to start calling things by their real names. We are destroying our forest. You go to Atiwa, as Sejimase, you go deep into that biodiversity area, illegal miners have taken over, they have started destroying it. I'm saying it because we've been there. And so, um, as we speak, uh, Shamfan machines sitting on the Ancobra from Pristia to Axim, they are there. Yeah. On the offing, you can count over 300 of them, even yesterday in Dunquao. Mm-hmm. Does managing your health care feel like a full-time job? Bounced from one doctor to the next? All the forms, the bills, the nada bills, the... Press 4 to repeat these options. Does health care have to be this way? At Kaiser Permanente, all of us work together to make health care easier. And with integrated care and coverage, all you have to do is focus on your health. Learn more at kp.org, Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of the Mid-Atlantic States Incorporated, 2101 East Jefferson Street, Rockville, Maryland, 20852. About 15 of them at the railway line area are sitting on the river and they are mining. Okay. And so I think that we should begin to take this more seriously as we judge uh, today, find solutions and how we can end this. And it's a good time to start introducing my panelists. We have enough to start talking about it. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, we're live on Joy News, Joy 99.7 FM, and it's time for the national dialogue. At the end of it all, there will be a communique uh, for us to know the action plan, what it is that we've talked about, so that it would not just be another talk shop. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to first welcome, in no particular order, Mr. Hugh C. A. Brown is the Executive Director, Forestry Services Division. Please, may join us on the panel. Please, give him a round of applause as he comes. We also have in our midst the Chief Executive for the Minerals Commission of Ghana, Mr. Martin Kwekweyisi. Please welcome him with a round of applause. We also have Dr. Bon Manteau. He's a senior research fellow, Center for Climate Change and Sustainable Studies, University of Ghana, Lagon. Welcome. Dr. Bon Manteau, if you're here, please join us on stage. Okay, he will join us shortly. Dr. Kenneth Ashibe, convener, Media Coalition Against Illegal Mining, is also here with us, joining us on stage. We also have Dr. Albert Kwabna Mensa. Research scientist, CSIR, Solar Research Institute in Kumase. He'll be joining us via Zoom uh, whilst we wait also for Dr. Ken Ashibe and Dr. Bon Manteo to join us on stage. Okay. I'll use my voice. I'm a PhD candidate with KNUSD Civil Engineering Department. And I'm designing a solution to remediate arsenic, uh, no, heavy metal contaminated um, contaminants 
from artisanal small-scale mining areas. And in doing this, I've looked at the regulations. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that what's happened is this. When we, when we legalize small-scale, please don't bring me on telly, please. When we legalized small-scale mining, we're looking at, um, what's the name? A, a liberal licensing system. And we are the branch of it now. So you realize that most of the regulations have looked at, actually focused on large-scale mining firms. So detailed, and we are not having problems with them. Let's look at regulation two of LI-2176. It says applicants, that's for large-scale mining firms, applicants submit among other applications, environmental permits, or an operating permit, or any other permits. When you look at the same, the same LI um, 2176, I'm not a lawyer though, mm -hmm. which is which covers regulation 2022-256. It says nothing about environmental permit. It only says that it actually has nothing in that for them, for small-scale mining. Then when you look at the mining and mineral as health, safety, and technical, it is so detailed for large-scale mining firms. That's regulations 469 to 492 for small-scale mining firms. It's virtually empty. It only, it only says that, um, what's the name? Holders of, um, holders of license are, will only commence work if the mining concessions are inspected by Minerals Commission. We're getting to the Where solution. Is EPA. Mm -hmm. Then the same, when you take the same thing, says that the chief, um, the chief for the, the chief inspector of mines issues regulations and codes for health and safety for small-scale mining. Okay. As compared to well, well laid out regulations to the minutest details for large-scale mining firms. So I think this is one of the areas we have the problem. Mm. It's the Minerals Commission, EPA, water resources, forestry is not integrated. We should have a system where once you apply for permit, it is seen by the three or the four. We do not have that system. I thought at a point you had Galamstop. I thought Galamstop was going to check that, but it did not work. Then when we take, um, then when we take the small scale and then uh, small scale and um, uh, community mining manual, it tried to correct this, but it also worsened it. Why is it saying that? All, the minister approves. Uh, the minister approves the, what's the name, the, the application before the applicant goes for environmental permit. Mm -hmm. It also says that the applicant will have to demarcate the area he wants to mine, insert uh, pillars before he goes to apply for the permit for inspection. You ask a Ghanaian to go demarcate an area and insert pillars. Then you're asking him to mine. Okay. So the small-scale mining thing uh, created that, also did not fill that gap. Then you know something. For this water problem, it has been there all these years. But the main thing we are not looking at is we are fast polluting groundwater. Okay. I'm not done, please. Give me one more minute. No, I can't. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. Let me done. I'm sorry, I'm I can't. I'm giving the solution. Please, all get to it. The Clean Water Act is managed by EPA, the Clean Water Act of the United States is managed by EPA and the Corps of Engineers, the U.S. Okay. Army Corps of Engineers. Mm -hmm. If we do not go that line, 
EPA, forestry, they can never fight them. Uh, okay. Colonel, we'll come to you uh, for more uh, on this subsequently. But thankfully also, uh, the Sisala West MP is here. He represents the London um, Forestry Committee in Parliament. Thankfully, he's with us as well. Please, Honorable, let's uh, take your comments as well. Well, thank you very much. And this discussion is very dear to some of us when it comes to illegal mining. Because growing up, I remember um, my village used not to have any good drinking water. So we're virtually drinking from the river. And so when I see people polluting our rivers, it's, it's, it's very, very, very worrying. Yes, I listened to all the discussions, most especially my attention was on the CEO of the Mineral Commission and that of uh, my good friend from Forestry Commission. Um, we are all trying to run away from the issues. And it is time, if indeed we want to tackle these problems that we are faced with as a country, all of us, when I say all of us, all the stakeholders, right from the minister, the president, the CEO of Minerals Commission, Forestry Commission, EPA, Parliament, all of us, we have failed our people. We have failed as leaders. We must admit that we have failed. Then we start looking out for solutions. But if it is all the time we discuss, Mm -hmm. Of course, you don't expect the CEO to come and tell you what he didn't do right. You don't expect Forestry Commission to tell you what he didn't do right. You don't expect me, as a member of parliament on Lands and Forestry Committee, we have an oversight responsibility on the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. You don't expect me to stand here to tell us that we... As a committee, we have failed. Okay. But the truth is, we have failed. Okay. Um, I listened to the CEO of Minerals Commission. He says that before they issue licenses to any company, first of all, especially into a forest reserve, they first of all look out to see if the company has gotten permit from the Forestry Commission. Last year, there was an issue, and I took it upon myself, together with Sweeney, when the Minister for Natural Resources came out to say that during his tenure, he, at that time, had never granted any permit to any mining company to go into a, a forest reserve to mine. I have intercepted a letter, and I was surprised. All of us here, we've been complaining about the bureaucracy system. Go to Lands Commission, go to any of the public sector, processing a document. Sometimes it takes you several months to get it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a company applied to Forestry Commission to get entry permit into one of the forest reserves at the BNE. Yes, mm -hmm. I have, I, I can share with you. Okay. And funny enough, the letter was written on 19th May, 2022. 
by 20th May, a permission was granted, entry permit was granted to that company to Less enter into hours. a forest reserve. Less than 24 hours. Okay. And Forestry Commission granted the permission based on the fact that Minerals Commission, at the time that company was applying to Forestry Commission for entry permit, Minerals Commission had already given the lances to the company to mine in the forest reserve. And so I was surprised hearing my elder brother saying that they don't grant such permit. They always, I don't know, probably I did not get you right, but that's what I had. And so, so okay. it is time for us to own out. Okay. And if that's it right, is... You have to be round, wrapping up, yes. please. So what I want to say here is that the problem of this illegal miners mm -hmm. nobody should blame any foreigner chinese no chinese nationality anywhere knows where bbn is it is we the politicians it is we the ceos those occupying those offices we are the same people that bring these people into our country and hand over those reserves you have a radical solution that we can so the radical forward. solution is it is time just as Jue is doing mm -hmm. i would want to call on all the media houses we should start naming all politicians. Let's name them and shame them. I was listening okay. to listening to my good uh, brother. What's his name? The journalist of the year. He says. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.